0: That's a beautiful way to start a day, right? All right, welcome to PCC, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out God's love and transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I got a couple of announcements for us. First of all, right after this, actually, our Reverend, Reverend Sharon Jaegerlander will be doing the the benediction at the end of the service, and then there'll be a postlude. For anybody who's not a member or people don't have enough time to be a part of the annual congregational meeting, and then we'll have the annual congregational meeting right here after uh, the service. Um, I'm going to be at the retreat, this pastor's retreat, Los Ranches Presbytery. We go up to the Malibu Retreat Center later this week, just that's in here. So, just a heads up. I'm looking forward to worshiping and gathering uh, around God's Word with my fellow brothers and sisters, pastors in the Los Ranchos Presbytery, but be praying for us as we head up that uh, hill, the Malibu, and it might be raining, so pray against mudslides and that kind of jazz. Next Sunday, we, it's our first Sunday of the month, February 4th, and we'll have, uh, it's a fiesta, Fiesta, right? I think that's a, the food's going to be a fiesta afterwards. And then a week from this Wednesday, to lunch bunch. We're going to be having pizza, make reservations with Lou. Um, anything else? I'm missing. Still waking up. So glad Justin's here. Still glad everybody's here. Let's greet each other and in the name of the Lord with the holy fist bump just because there's so many colds flying around. All right, we're going to... Uh, would you please stand with me? as I call us to worship. And our call to worship this morning comes from Psalm 111, and I'll be reading it in the King James translation. And it says uh, at at the heading, the Lord's wonderful works. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation, the works of the Lord are great, sought out of all of them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Let's worship the Lord.
1: Highness of Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation rose and conquer the grave Jesus conquer the grave to yeah. take me as you find me all my fears and yours, fill my life Give my life to follow Everything I believe in Now I surrender Savior He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save He is mighty to save Forever Author of salvation He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave.
2: just need a pause <laughs> i feel the holy spirit in the room our lord's grace knows no bounds and his mercies they are new every morning he loves us so much that he beckons us to lay down our burdens all the ways that we fall short in our walk with Jesus Christ and pause and receive his forgiveness. This time right now, the confession is an act of worship. Let us draw near to our God, confessing our sins and seeking restoration that only our Redeemer can provide. Will you please pray with me? Holy, merciful, and loving God, we come before you marred by our own mistakes, failures, and transgressions. At times we are completely immobile, unsure how to make amends, or if amends is even possible. We are unable to forgive ourselves, let alone accept your love and forgiveness. Remind us, O Lord, that your grace is unmerited, undeserved, and unearned. We confess that we have not fully trusted in your goodness, and we have failed to obey your ways. We have lived according to our own priorities and agendas. We have not worshipped you with everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have. We have not matured into your call on our lives. And if we're honest, we've utterly failed to go and make disciples of all peoples.
3: Forgive us, Father.
2: Forgive us. Guide our path and direct our way. Teach us to be the disciples that you formed us to be in Jesus' strong and powerful name and for his glory. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, we are forgiven. Amen.
0: Ryan and Tim, that was beautiful. Tim, that's a beautiful arrangement. Well done. Um, hmm. Amen. That sets the stage well. We're in a series on 1 Corinthians where Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, which is a wild place. And he's... Writing to brothers and sisters that need rest for their soul, like Tim and Brian just sang about. And a couple weeks ago, I, we were on seven, I don't know, six, chapter six, and we were learning that the Corinthian folk had a different understanding of why human beings were made And so Paul corrects and teaches and says, No, we're not made for that other stuff. We're actually made as vessels to hold the Holy Spirit. And then last week, he corrects the Corinthian folk on what's important. I think that's enough introduction. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, about food sacrificed to idols. We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. But whoever loves God is known by God. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world, and that there is no God but one. But even if there are so-called gods, Whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came and through whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus the Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. But not everyone possesses this knowledge. Some people are still so accustomed to idols that when they eat sacrificial food, they think of it as having been sacrificed to a god. And since their conscience is weak, it is defiled. But food does not bring us near to God. We are no worse if we do not eat and no better if we do. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, use me as your mouthpiece. And all God's people said. (sighs) Up until this point in the letter, Paul has been teaching discipleship truths. If you're a disciple of Christ,
3: this is what you need to know.
0: At this point, he turns a corner. And he turns a corner and doesn't negate. Like, we still are discipled by Christ. But as we are discipled by Christ through his word through fellowship and our fellow believers, we are also called to disciple people. We're not only saved from, we're saved to. Um, recovery folk know this well. The 12-step program knows it really well. When you're fighting addiction,
3: the only way to win is through community. When you enter into the AA, you are
0: given a sponsor that sponsor answers all your questions. But as time goes on, it's crucial for everyone in the AA program to actually sponsor other people. Because there's, there's something about Me keeping someone sober that keeps me sober. Do you follow that? And Paul is turning this corner and instead of just handing out truths, he's handing out tools. Right? His first tool. What's his first tool in this chapter?
3: Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up.
0: If you hang around with AA folk, recovery folk, you'll discover there are many sayings. You know, there are many little catchphrases and slogans. It works if you work it, right? Um... The serenity prayer, open my eyes to see where you know I need to change in the wisdom to know the difference. you know that serenity prayer they open with every time. There's all kinds of these, and you if you hang around with some recovery folk, they just fly off. This is to recovery folk, us as believers, Paul is giving us one of these.
3: Truths to cling on to. Knowledge puffs up, love
0: builds up. And if you know anything about the, this letter to the church in Corinth, this is the beginning of 1 Corinthians 13. This is the beginning of he's going to be talking about love and teaching all about love. But for now, he just gives us this
3: nibble. And it's to see in our own lives where we are failing.
0: And it's to see in other people's statements who, and, who can and who cannot be trusted. It's a litmus test. Look back on your week. Look back on your day. Look back on or look into and search your feelings. Start thinking about um, why am I thinking this way? Is love at the heart of what I'm doing?
3: Or do I just want to know it all and do I want to just puff myself up? And then he goes into
0: this this other kind of, this other truth. What's this other truth, right? But whoever loves God is known by God. He's talking about knowledge puffing up, and he's saying love builds up, knowledge puffs up. But do you want to know, Corinthian people, do you want to know, PC, what's the impo- most important thing you could ever know?
3: If you love God, you are known by God. Jim, God knows you. Klaus, Daryl, God knows you. Linda, Gretsch, God knows you. Walden, God knows you. What does that mean? It says in other places in Scripture, he knows how many hairs are on your head.
0: It says in Isaiah that our names are tattooed onto his hand. What what does that teach? What is Paul telling us as this tool? Crucial to your identity should be the, the truth that the God who made all of this Knows you, little old you. And he just doesn't memorize how many hairs are on Jim's head for trivia night. (laughs) It's to show his in-depth personal care and concern. Any parent understands this. How many hours after that first child is born did you stare at that child and just study the way that child blinks or grimaces? Or why do they smile when they're sleeping? You know, like, that's what it conveys. That's what Paul is saying. As words start, as he starts turning the corner and we're not only disciples But we're disciplers. He hands us these tools, these absolutely crucial things and these crucial ideas. Watch out for
3: your arrogance and your knowledge. Always lean into love. Watch out for your your thinking your
0: knowing it all. Remember that the most important thing that you could possibly know is that the God who made you knows you and knows you better than you know yourself. And then he moves into a cultural aspect. He moves into discussing how, and in Corinth, all these places, people were sacrificing food to these little G gods, and it's everywhere. And we don't necessarily run into this specific cultural dilemma. But what he teaches in this dilemma goes across the board into our own dilemmas, into our own cultural rifts. These words from N.T. Wright will serve us well as we continue to talk about this. Paul sees the conscience like a sort of internal compass telling each person what is right and wrong. But the human, compass, uh, human conscience, like a compass, is a sensitive instrument. And it can easily malfunction. It can get trapped in magnetic fields that pull it off course. It can allow itself to be set in particular pattern, even though it's inappropriate. It often can't tell the difference between social custom, the way things are done in this town, this country, this college, this family, and actual issues of right and wrong. Do you follow that? Our compass gets off because our cultures are all overlapping
3: and in, in saying different things. I learned this
0: firsthand. I was in Venezuela. Like uh, many, if you've been here before, you've talked about how I went to Venezuela, summer of 1992. I was there for six weeks, and I learned that this is a cuss word in Venezuela, not before a teammate of ours kept saying, okay, okay. And then my team leader pulled my friend aside and said,
3: you need to stop doing this yesterday. (laughs) You're cussing and offending everyone. What Paul is teaching is there's these cultural
0: minefields that we as disciples of Jesus as we begin discipling people, we need to be Tune
3: to and be aware of. People's cultures matter. People's stories matter. What's the tool in which he tells us to navigate this minefield with?
0: First, he says, Jesus Christ did it for us first, he was there when everything was created. He's fully God, he was he is
3: the Messiah, the Christ he's fully man Second, he ends it with this tool,
0: and once again, NT comes through in a pinch, and I think he puts it beautifully. He says the language, oh, he moves into like right towards the end, he says, be careful of your like your rights. Be careful of you I deserve this. And he says, Absolutely, through Christ and the cross, you are a new creation, you're a resurrected being, you're a citizen of heaven, and the citizens of this earth or the rules of this earth earth in certain ways don't apply. But in this cultural minefield where people's stories matter and how people see things matters and while everybody's learning the ropes, look at everything. And this is where I'll go back to NT. The language of rights needs to be held up to the light. And the light in which we can eat in which we can clear, see clearly what it should and shouldn't mean is the light of love. you follow that? He says, these cultural, these cultural minds that we're navigating through, hold them up to the light of love and look through the light of love, the lens of love, to see what's right and what's wrong.
3: He's calling us, PCC, to not only be discipled, but to disciple. We're the grown ups, we're the parents. If you've
0: received Jesus and you're in the discipleship relationship with the living God, the Holy Spirit reigning and ruling through you. You're a citizen of heaven. You're navigating these minefields. You're looking at ways to make the person to your right and your left. Just look to your right and look to your left.
3: Make them closer to Christ. You're looking out for stumbling blocks for them. That feels good? Okay, that's good. We are a community. I love all the songs that we've been singing so far. my one little pet peeve
0: in this goes almost across the board is they're so me-focused.
3: They're so individual. And yes, that's part of this. That's a huge part of this. But another huge piece that
0: Paul is challenging us this morning is how the person next to you right? left, how their relationship with Christ says, how they're doing with Christ says something about how you're doing with Christ. This is a we thing. This is a team. This is a family. And he's weaving it all the way through this letter. This is how
3: we Get shelter from the storm. We get poured into and we pour out. Does everybody follow that?
0: Let me pray. God, I just thank you for this morning. I Thank you for loving us. I thank you for keeping us. I thank you that you do Pour into us and live through us. I
3: pray that you would continue to put, continue to challenge us to put one another as an important part of how we live and represent your name. I pray that you would continue to make us into who you've made us. Continue to live out
0: your plan A through us. And I pray that you would
3: guard us against knowledge puffing ourselves up I pray that you would um, help us serve one another as brothers and sisters, not causing any one of us to fall. And all God's people said,
4: Amen.
5: I wasn't prepared to say uh, what I'm going to say, but I felt that uh, I would like to address a few words this morning. Um, It is almost 19 years since um, uh, myself had the organ and piano the choir, as it remembers, and um, um, the leadership of, uh, under the leadership of uh, Tony Brosius uh, we are all part and uh, a good part of you uh, were part of the celebration of the Uh, I'm trying to look for that word, for the ordination of Sharon. This was in 2005. Time flew. And little did I know there, I was just uh, employed about a year earlier than that, Uh, the huge impact that Sharon and her ministry had on me and uh, on us as a congregation. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Sharon the preacher or Sharon the the deacon of the deacons or all these things that I don't know much about because uh, she had so much to share with me on the music side. But she was a great supporter of the music ministry At, with the, as a whole. And we had so many great... Worship Committee meetings in which uh, Sharon's input was very important to all of us in order to make things work. She was a great support. Many things were done by her that were not necessarily seen, but they had a great effect on all of us. Um, I want to go for something else also. Uh, Sharon had to deal with some health issues in the last uh, number of years, uh, one uh, more difficult than the other. And I admired, it was a, you know, this was a, they were teaching moments for me, how she fought through all these things. And even now, having to uh, deal with the problems that she does and uh, how much energy and passion she uh, put out all these times and all these time. Oh, uh, no, I'm saying all. Okay, help me with this one. All, all these times. Um, on the music side, uh, she was a great uh, hymn uh, chooser, if I may say. She knew the hymn tunes. She knows the hymn, tune, uh, hymn tunes very well. She knows the words very well. She knows that the meaning of the words and how appropriate and how uh, um, efficient, whatever you call it, how important they are for the pastoral message, whatever that be, hers, or anybody else who preaches that day. And um, I learned a lot from it, combined with already what I knew, and I think that made for a good choice of hymns that uh, I think it helped us all. Well. Do you agree with that, congregation? All right. I don't want to talk about anything else because there are so many things on the multifaceted uh, ministry of Sharon that there are other people that are going to say many things, but I just wanted to say that um, the hymn that we're going to do now really reflects what Sharon was all these years and is to this day uh, the hymn of optimism and assurance Uh, it is well with my soul as I said I'm going to let I would like to leave room for everybody else to want to say more than I do and I would like to say just one thing God bless you Sharon
0: Continue in worship and the celebration of being resurrection people. Now's the time in the service where we play our part. We um, offer our tithes, gifts, and offerings back to God joyfully. And um, once again, still praising God for ending 2023 in the black and still praising God for each of you. Um, this morning's tithes, offerings, and gifts are now received.
6: Well, I was thinking of what to say, knowing that Sharon's last day with us is today. And Cornell jumped up and, and, and took care of that monologue, uh, covered all the important things. Uh, but just briefly, 19 years ago, I started. And that was the year that, of your ordination. So we kind of have a starting point. Uh, I found out this morning, 45 years in the church And how many years working in the hospitals? 18. So when you consider the words that Jason spoke to us today about living um, lives that are not so me consumed, but others consumed, there is a passage of Scripture that I was thinking about as I sat there that Paul wrote in Hebrews 12. It says, Therefore, then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance and sin which so readily clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence the appointed course of the race that is set before us. And if so if you're curious what uh, running with patient endurance and steady and active persistence looks like, you can all turn to the left <laughs> and look at the front row because she has set an example of grace and of fortitude... And they're finishing well. Uh, And I've told her that I'm excited because I have friends that are starting businesses in their 70s and 80s. We won't tell anyone how old you are, but I'm excited about what comes next. And you all should be too. So instead of a big speech, we thought we would sing this. And if you know the choruses, sing with us. Dreamed I
1: went to heaven There with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing and someone called your name. We turned and saw this young man and he was smiling as he
7: came. And he said, Friend, you may not know me now. But wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. One day, when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart.
1: Before you he said remember the time a missionary came to your church his pictures made you cry we didn't have much money but you gave it anyway Jesus took the gift he gave and that's why we're here today so we say you
7: There were tears in your eyes As Jesus took your hand You stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you
0: i my mic on, I'd love to pray over Sharon, and I'd love anyone who would like to come up and join me, and we're just going to lay hands and pray, Um, Sharon, uh, Cornell nailed it, Danny nailed it, the only thing I would add is I wouldn't have made it, I honestly wouldn't have made it as the pastor of PCC if you hadn't, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But this is this is fitting, yeah. I would if everybody wants to get out of the pews, even if you've never met Sharon. Uh, rarely do we see the correct people put on the pedestal. Um, I think culture makes heroes out of fools um, here. Right here, right now, this is a true hero. This is, like Danny said, this is what walking it out, running the race faithfully and with endurance looks like. Um, Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you for the gift that Sharon is to our lives, to this, your local outpost. We think of all the hours she poured into praying and loving the members of this, your body. We think of all the hours that she put into serving. Those difficult jobs, those menial jobs, those little tasks that go unseen, the millions of them that this saint has done for you and your kingdom and the people actually gathered around her right now. Her love of you and her love of your people here at PCC teaches us and molds us. I pray over her next chapters,
3: I pray they are even more rewarding even
0: brighter showing of your love through her to the least and the lost. And all God's people said,
4: Thank you.
8: Thank you. My goodness. When Jason first asked me, I said I I didn't want a celebration, but you've given me one anyway. (laughs) It's been quite a morning, so now I need to lead you in prayer. (laughs) In the Gospel of Mark, there's a passage that Jesus was in Capernaum teaching, and the house that he was in was filled with followers. Four men had a friend who was paralyzed, and they wanted to bring him to Jesus, So that they could, but they couldn't get in. The scripture reads Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on the mat right down in front of Jesus. I often think that this time of prayer is similar to the actions of those poor friends. We come carrying our loved ones in prayer to lay them before God with our requests for healing. So with that thought in mind, let us go before God in prayer. Holy God, we come before you in this sacred and holy moment as a community nurtured by your love, and gathered to worship. Hear our prayers as we bring before you our concerns for ourselves, for those we love, and for the world in which we live. We pray for the church. Keep us true to the gospel and aware of our gifts, and then may we be responsive to the needs of others. May others see your saving power by our faith, our worship, and our lives. May your church be an example of the breadth and length and depth of your love. May the annual meeting today be an example of that love and care. We pray for the whole of creation this morning. Overthrow evil, right what is wrong. You are sovereign over all nations. Direct those who make, administer, and judge our laws. That guided by your wisdom, they may lead us in the way of righteousness. Like the paraplegic's friend, we bring our people before you now, asking you to give to each as they have need We lay before you, the sick, in body, mind, and spirit, knowing of your great love and healing power. Scripture tells us that weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We pray that that may be so. Open our eyes to the joys you have for us in the midst of challenges We celebrate healings and improvements in conditions. We pray for those who suffer. Surround them with your love, support them with your strength, console them with your comfort, and give them hope and courage beyond themselves. We pray today for Ruth McKelmont and Bev Tobert as they heal from injuries received in falls. Give them relief from pain and signs of healing taking place. We ask for healing for Sandy Corbett, who is hospitalized. We pray for Buzz, that he may become stronger each day. And we continue to pray for Keith. We pray for so many with health needs. We pray for Terry Welch, as she works with cardiologists, to find a solution and help for her serious condition. Ease her frustrations at physical limitations placed on her. We pray for Patty Ernest and Dick Clark as both continue with cancer therapies, and we ask that challenging side effects be eliminated and healing result. We lift up the many with mobility issues that their strength and balance may increase and protect us all from falls. We pray for our families, for those whom we love, for those who may be hurting. Protect them at home. Support them in times of difficulty, that they may grow together in mutual love and understanding. Send us out in love with open eyes, ears, and hearts. Make us true neighbors to one another and true children of your calling. We pray in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When I was looking at hymns for a closing hymn today, I first told Cornell I wanted something loud and rousing and (laughs) joyful. But then I started looking at the hymn book, and I found a hymn that I feel more is in the spirit of the message I want to leave with you all today and for myself, and it is, God be, no, it's not, (laughs) I just went blank, we'll sing it. It's it's on the screen. <laughs> so, um, anyway, if you would please rise and listen, really listen to the words that we are we are singing. But and it's God will take care of you. That's what it is. <laughs> was mentioned, it was 19 years ago that I was ordained here. Patrick, Cornell were part of it, and uh, many of you were there for that day, which was one of the most joyful of my life. And all these parts of the service today have really reflected on me, on what I believe, what I trust. God will take care of you. When I walked in and saw this flock here, um, (laughs) thank you, Terry and Nora. Uh, Most of you know, I love sheep. I collect sheep because of the 23rd Psalm. And so often that passage, when I walk through the valleys, I will fear no evil. And when we do walk through valley times, we don't go through them alone. So that is a a beautiful reminder. When Danny led us in my tribute, that was a song that was sung at my ordination. And the line, all I am and all I ever hope to be, I owe it all to God and that was true 19 years ago when i was ordained and it is true now as i go into this future the passage the scripture i used for my ordination was jeremiah 29:11 for i know the plans i have for you says the lord plans for your good to give you a future with hope and i've held on to that scripture Many, many times, as I do today. And the theme at that ordination was joy. I had people wear their brightest stoles and just celebrate with joy. Because that's what it was. And it has been my great, great joy to serve this church in so many different ways for so many years. And I just hold all your love and your prayers in my heart. And as I go out of here today, you have my love and my prayers. You are, I look around at all these familiar faces, and you are all so precious to me. So now I give you this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God the Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with each one of you each and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. And go out with joy.